0: 是 <laughs> What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Guggenheim. We're going to recap the national championship game, uh, as well as kind of give a brief synopsis of the Big Ten's overall bowl season. Uh, i give you a little insight into what the future is going to look like for the podcast. Um, make sure to like, follow, subscribe wherever you get your podcast: Apple, Google, Spotify, Make sure you're following us at Instagram, at Twitter, on the Big Ten Football Talk uh, handle, big 10 Talk at gmail.com if you want to send me an email. Uh, let's just start with the national championship game, which on one hand doesn't have a lot to do with the Big Ten, and on the other hand has a lot to do with the Big Ten. Um, first off, hats off to Georgia. I, I said in the beginning of the season, I didn't think Georgia could get to the playoff. I'm one of the, the few that Herbie and Chris Fowler were talking about last night that said that they didn't think that they would get to the playoff for a second straight year. Uh, they were really good all season long. And while they, they didn't have the toughest schedule in the world, they, I mean, they beat a really good Tennessee team. Uh, they beat a, a decently good Oregon team. They they beat a rising LSU team in their conference championship game, and you know they're they're really they're only two one score games Missouri, where they just played a bad game, and Ohio State who Ohio State played their a game and they survived, and they went fifteen and zero. Uh, hats off to Stetson Bennett, man. I've criticized him a lot he's a gamer he is a he's just a guy that's going to get the job done and he's more than a product of his system you know a, against Ohio State he made the plays when they needed him he's a a really good football player that I don't think has a, a big future in the NFL but who knows man I mean it I I don't think he'll be a starter for sure but he might even surprise me in that. I I just hats off to him. That defense was nasty. Um I I thought TCU. I didn't by the way, I didn't get a chance to to share my pick because I I've been battling a sickness, illness and so I just I was going to try to record on Sunday and I just I was not able to 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 put a pick out. So um, TCU was not a good matchup. And I'll I'll talk about that a little bit later, but I, I think Georgia. Yeah, I didn't I didn't give Georgia a lot of props after the Ohio State loss because I was I was breaking down the the game from the Ohio State perspective, but Georgia is an elite program. They won two national championships in a row. Um, it's it's well deserved. I know you know Ohio Ohio State fans want to talk about. It was targeting, and if they hadn't lost Marvin Harrison, the reality is Georgia's been dealing with injuries too. Um, I, I, I think we can talk all, all day long about losing different players and, and whatnot, but the reality is Georgia has gone 29-1 and over the past two seasons, and they have beaten Alabama, Ohio State, Tennessee, and a really good TCU team. Uh, let let's talk about TCU for a minute because I I think TCU I think people are trying to use TCU as a to to prove a point which I think is unhelpful. So I think there's a few things. One, I think TCU deserve to be in the playoff, and they they showed it by beating a really good not great Michigan team. And I I think what happened between Michigan and TCU is similar to what happened with Ohio State and Michigan. Now, before Michigan fans get mad at me, I'm going to like up front, I'm saying Michigan was the better team this year. They won on the field. They backed it up, you know, won for a second straight year in Columbus. And you can't take that away from them. They're the Big Ten champs. They have bragging rights. Like, no doubt about it. However, I think if you put Ohio State and Michigan at full health or close to full health for both teams on a neutral field, I think Ohio State probably wins six, seven, maybe even eight times out of ten. And the reason is because of the talent, the talent edge. Now, both teams had guys out in that in that first meeting or in that meeting in Columbus, but where Blake Corum was out, and there were a couple guys hurt. I, Ohio State had has been the walking wounded all season, and that w- that continued to be a trend. Uh, and then I thought Ohio State played a really sloppy game. Like I thought they played a really sloppy game in that in that matchup. I think the same can be said for TCU and Michigan. I think Michigan is the more talented team. Like I don't think it's I don't I don't think that's an argument. I think Michigan is a more talented team than TCU. I think on a neutral field, if they played 10 times, I think Michigan would win anywhere from 6 to 8 out of 10. But what happened? I think Michigan was a little high on themselves. I think they beat Ohio State and they thought, we're pretty good. We're gonna play Georgia or maybe get a rematch with Ohio State. And I think they looked ahead a little bit. And then on top of it, McCarthy turned the ball over a lot. And the the refs were awful. Like I think that's a fair criticism. They 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 missed a clear targeting call at the end of that game. Um the, the one against Marvin in the Peach Bowl, I, as much as I want to say as a Buckeye fan that that was a target, it was, I, it, it was, I, I felt okay with him overturning the targeting. Just, I, I felt more confident in Michigan's targeting than the Ohio State targeting. Um, the rest were awful, but let's just be, be honest. It's Michigan's fault that they lost that game. They turned the ball over. Um, They fumbled on the one-yard line. Like, that's on them. Like, they should have just punched it in. Um, They couldn't get the run game going. Like, all the things that I thought Michigan could do to TCU, they, they didn't. Like, they didn't play clean. They were sloppy throughout the game. And yet they were within six points by the end of it. The reality is TCU was the better team that night. I think if they played 10 times and they both played at their best, I think Michigan would win 6 out of 8 out of 10. Like, because I just think they have more talent. And so that's my point, is I think TCU out of those four teams was the worst team out of those four in terms of talent. But TCU got Michigan on the right night and they beat them and they had enough talent to beat them. Similar, I think... Michigan and Ohio State. Well, I think I think there's a difference, maybe a, a smaller difference between the talent, um, but I am. I I think it's very similar. Like I think Michigan got Ohio State on the right day, but I don't think they're more talented than Ohio State. And so TCU wins and beats a team that they can beat in the playoff when they're on and off night and they play at their best or semi at their best. And then they go in and play the buzzsaw that is Georgia. Who played their A game? I, I think they probably got they, – they, they played their B-plus game against Ohio State. Um, I thought they did a lot of good things and then – I. I thought Stetson Bennett was a little off early in the in the game. Um, I think some of that was Ohio State's defense doing some things that were really good um, but again, I, I think TCU got a sharpened Georgia team and they didn't play their best. I, I think even if they played their best, I don't think they would have beat Georgia. Um, I think Georgia would have had to uncharacteristically shoot themselves in the foot, similar to, to Missouri. And that's not a knock against TCU. It's just TCU TCU at least had some matchup advantages against Michigan. Like I thought they had some, you know, a complement of a receivers that could maybe exploit, I, you know, I thought Max Duggan had some ability to exploit with his legs. What killed Georgia in the Ohio State game was C.J. Stroud's accuracy and the creativity on offense. But we saw against Georgia, Tennessee, their offense is explosive, but it's more simplistic. And while the receivers are good, they're not technically as sound as Ohio State's receivers. And so it was always going to be a tougher matchup for TCU to take on Georgia. And between matchup and talent... It was just it it just overwhelmed them, and so they they lost by fifty eight, which is a massive margin. Here's the question I can't stand: Is did TCU deserve to be there? Yes, yes, they deserve to be there. Like they they won a semifinal game, and before you get into the analytics and all all this other stuff, if it, you cannot judge the whether a team should be in the postseason by how they perform in the postseason. Like, at that point, and I mentioned this before, when we're, people were arguing that Bama should have been because they destroyed Kansas State. Who cares? Like, who did Bama beat this year? They beat nobody. They beat Texas. With a backup quarterback. Good for them. They did nothing else. And... and the. At some point you have to earn your way into the playoff. They didn't earn it. Like they, they just didn't. TCU as 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 their schedule was not great either, but like at least they got to their conference championship game. And they only had one loss. And like if you if you tell me, well, who you know, who did they play, I'm gonna shoot it right back at back at you for Alabama. Like who do they play? Oh, they they played a three-loss LSU team or a four-loss LSU team. And they played a two-loss Tennessee team. Teams that, if they beat just one of those teams, guess what? They go to the playoff, and they didn't. The team that, that TCU lost to, they also beat in the regular season. So I, I just don't have a lot of like I don't have a lot of sympathy, um, and it's not—it's nothing against Bama. It's just what TCU accomplished up until the conference championship game mattered, and then they beat Michigan, like they beat a top three team, um, and quite honestly, they—they kind of did it in convincing fashion. I know it was close late, and they were trading scores, but TCU. Had momentum throughout that game, like it was, it was a very exciting game. But TCU had control the entire time, so I, I just don't. Did they deserve to be there? Absolutely. Was it a bad matchup? Absolutely. You know what? This is football. Like mismatches happen, and, which brings me to another point, and then I'm gonna get to the implications for the Big Ten here in a minute, but. Here's my my frustration with this is a lot of people are trying to use this as an argument either for or against the 12-team playoff. And there are some who are flip-flopping on your arguments, and it's annoying as as anything to me. It's like you know, before it was like we should have a 12-team playoff because we want the underdog to be in. And now people are saying – Well, we got the underdog in. You know what? A 12-team playoff is going to keep us from getting matchups like TCU-Georgia in the final. And that's why a 12-team playoff is great. Listen, stop flip-flopping just to get what you want. Like, at least let your argument be consistent, okay? That's not a good—you know, this this championship game is not a good reason for or against a 12-team playoff. At least from my vantage point. And I'll explain my vantage point in a minute. Then there's others who I really respect. uh, College football nerds, they're great. I love them, love them, love them. They're so good. Make sure to like and follow them. They're awesome. Um, But we disagree on this point. And they were saying, this is our fear for a 12-team playoff is you're going to get more and more of these matchups. And now you're just going to get Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Tennessee, Michigan, yada, yada, yada. Which I understand that point. But I, I still think my, my frustration with this system is at four, it's still subjective. And we're still sitting here saying, well, TCU shouldn't have been in. Based on what? Based on the fact that they they finally reached their limit? Based on the fact that you weren't entertained? Based on the fact that it, like it wasn't, it wasn't a sexy matchup. Like, at what point in sport should that be the determining factor of who is a champion? And and that's been my argument for for playoff expansion this whole time. Is I want something at least a little bit more objective, which is why conference championships need to matter. And I also just hate the reality that at the beginning of the season, about ten teams can rightly say we have a chance to compete for a championship this year. Like every team should have a chance to play their their way into a playoff. And yet at the beginning of every season every group of five team except the one exception being Cincinnati last year already knows they they won't make the playoff. And 90% of power five teams know they won't make the playoff like that's that's terrible for our sport. And so I I'm I'm for expansion because if we really care about who a champion is, then it need there there needs to be a clear pathway for every team. Like there there has to be. I mean, it's the NFL and I know there's only 32 teams in the NFL. But at the beginning of the season, you know how to get to the, you know how to get to the playoff. Have a better record than everyone in your division, or have uh, a top three wild card spot, and you get in. It's objective. It's a, an objective measure, and then if you know if there's a tie, there's tiebreakers, and and you know what, there's no whining about that. Um, I'm sure there's some whining, but it's it's at least clear. That's, that's, I think the biggest frustration with all this in college football is everyone wants to talk about who should be in, man, forget that, have a, like, let's have something objective so we can say, well, yeah, this is what, this is why I think the committee needs to die a very quick death. And we do automatic qualifiers, which we're not, they're, they're not necessarily doing They're, they're doing some automatic qualifiers, which I appreciate but then you have your six, you know, your six at larges, which at least is better. I think it's better. Um, it would have been, it actually would have been really, really interesting because Clemson would have been an automatic qualifier, Kansas State would have been an automatic qualifier. And before you're like, well, that's not fun. That's terrible. They're they they were bad teams. They got blown out, sure. But they earned it. And and that's we we keep saying the regular season matters. You wanna know what didn't matter? The Big Twelve Championship game. You know what didn't matter? Like the well, I should say the Pac Twelve Championship game didn't matter for the Pac Twelve Champion, but it mattered for Ohio State, which that's just nonsense. It's nonsense. It's, it's utter and complete ridiculousness. Like, we keep saying, let every game matter. The games don't ma- Like, the games matter for different reasons. But, like, come on. It's, it, it's ridiculous. Um, most games don't matter for most teams after week six. And then you're just playing for bowl position. So, rather than that, let's actually expand the field to make things more important. So, uh, and and you're giving more access. And yes, will the matchups sometimes suck? Yeah. You know what? There's a lot of matchups in professional sports that suck. Right? Like, But you know what? It's not about you. (laughs) It's not about me. It's about these players, it's about these teams, and it's about the goal of determining a champion. Like listen, and people complaining about the game last night. Okay, but you had two really good semifinals. If you change things around, you know what you get: probably one good semifinal and a terrible and a terrible semifinal, and then a, a decently good fi- uh, final game. Awesome. Like, you still get two out of three that are good, or maybe one out of three that's good if both semifinals suck. Uh, right? Like it. <sighs> you're never gonna have the perfect playoff in terms of watchability. That's why that shouldn't be the factor. That's a bonus. That's a cherry on top. What about the players? What about the teams? What about the programs? That's been my argument since day one. Forget like, forget if it's watchable. It's, listen, people were watching that game despite the fact that Georgia was throttling them. Like, of course they were watching it. Now, TCU fans might have left early but it, it, it's just nonsense um one last thought and then I want to get to the Big 10 implications a lot of people were are angry about the AP uh AP poll um my my only grievance actually with the AP poll is Bama i'm not a bama hater i swear but the fact that bama is ahead of tennessee when tennessee beat them it it can we can we have any more bama bias like my gosh um, I thought the top four made sense. Uh, it was Georgia, TCU, Michigan, and Ohio State. And again, if people are going by most talented, then people have a right to complain. But listen, we have a playoff system now. You know who was in the championship game? Georgia and TCU. You know who wasn't in the championship game? Michigan and Ohio State. And you know who beat who in the regular season? Michigan beat Ohio State. One, two, three, four. It makes sense. I'm sorry. And especially to Ohio State fans, and I'm saying this to myself, it is great that you you almost won. And if you won the game and then either beat TCU or lost to TCU, you would have the right to be one or two. Guess what? You didn't do that, and you lost to Michigan. Therefore, you're fourth. Like I if we're going to have a playoff system, you can't just rank based on on your eye test at the end of the season. like you, you just, and for once, I actually agree with the AP voters. I don't agree with them often because I think the way they vote is just stupid, but they were right on this, and i I, I think it's I, I I thought it was fair. Now, let me talk about big Ten implications for a little bit. Um, and then we'll I'll, I'll share a couple thoughts just about the future, and then we'll we'll end. I think if Ohio State got crushed against Georgia like I thought they would, and Michigan lost to TCU, I think the Big Ten perception would be very very bad because it'd be embarrassment on the big stage, similar to two thousand and six. Uh, In 2007, where the Big Ten just kind of kept getting wrecked in BCS games and and title games. Um, I, I think because of Ohio State's near miss, I think that cures a lot of ills in terms of conference perception. And part of it is because they know that Michigan beat Ohio State. And so I think a lot of people are saying, how, how did Michigan beat TCU or lose to TCU? That was a lot of the sentiment. And while that's frustrating for Michigan fans, that, that's actually a good sentiment because what it's saying is Michigan was not worse than TCU. They deserved to be there. They botched it. And that's a much better place to be than people thinking you didn't deserve to be there, which is what people are thinking about TCU. Um, so that's that's good. It stinks. It stinks that neither Big Ten team made the made the championship game. But I think for conference perception, it's great. I, I think what helps that also is I thought the Big Ten did really well in bowl season. Like they went five and four, which on the surface is not great. But you gotta remember the Big Ten got bumped up a couple notches because they had three teams in the new year, six. Penn State, you know, I know Cam Rising got knocked out in the third quarter, but Penn State looked really, really dynamic. And I know they lose a couple of key pieces. I I keep telling you, I think Penn State might be one of my playoff picks for next year. Their explosiveness, and listen, Utah's defense is, is pretty good. I mean, they... I know Kayla Williams got hurt, but they, they did a good job of, of containing USC. But Penn State did a great job of exploiting with their athleticism. Their offensive line continues to impress me, which is not something I have said about the Nittany Lions for a long time. And they continue to be really good on the defensive side of the ball. Now, they, they got, when Cam Rising went out, that game turned. But even the fact that the way Penn State put the game out of reach wasn't, it wasn't a slog. It was beginning of the fourth quarter, Keandre Lambert Smith down the field, boom. Uh, you know, and then they drove down the field to, to, to ice at 35 14. I know Utah scored a, a late touchdown, but it was effectively over in the beginning of the fourth quarter. Like it, it and that's what Penn State. Like I thought it showed Penn State's power. Um, I thought they controlled I thought they controlled the game even though Utah would respond. Like Penn State was the aggressor the entire time. And so I thought that that was a very good sign for the Big Ten. Um, Penn State finished seventh overall. Um, so good for them. I, I think the the other two losses, by the Big Ten are very explainable. Illinois lost, um, but they had a lot of guys opting out for the NFL draft, key guys, uh, identity type guys, um, and I didn't know how Missus. I-, I picked Illinois solely because I didn't know how Mississippi State would respond losing Mike Leach. They responded well, and because of that, because of the losses for Illinois, it made sense that Illinois lost to Mississippi State. That makes sense. It made sense that Purdue got blown out by LSU. Listen, I you know, I thought Purdue would actually have a chance to keep it close before Jeff Brom kind of he left for Louisville, and then all the opt outs. I I think as soon as Jeff Brom left, it sucked all the momentum away from the Boilermakers. Like it just it was over. Because he was the the lifeblood of that program. Like, he really did a good job of building that program back up to be respectable. And as soon as he left, and you could see it with all the opt-outs. Everybody that was... You know, it's not like any of those those opt-outs were going to be high draft picks. Maybe Payne Durham. Maybe Charlie Jones. Um, I, I don't even... I don't know if I would say that Charlie Jones would be a high draft pick. But Aiden O'Connell opting out. I mean, that was a program it was a momentum sucking move uh, and that's nothing against jeff Brom. it's just it's the reality of the situation and then you're going up against a more talented lSU team, so it makes sense that lSU would crush him but so th- those are all the law lo- you know you have the two uh two semifinal losses you have the those other two losses you have the Penn State win and then Iowa wins with a third string quarterback um beat a Kentucky team pretty badly um it's pretty sound uh type of type of win for them really builds on uh, you know for the future they, they're gonna get a decent quarterback in Cade McNamara a really good tight end to pair with with uh, Lachey on the other side uh to replace Sam Laporta That's that's Not that I think Iowa's offense is going to fly on all cylinders, but I think it'll be better next year, especially as the offensive line continues to solidify. Um, And they were doing some things against a decent, a really decent Kentucky defense. Um, Maryland, uh, Maryland survived. And again, I think the fact that any bowl win that Maryland can get is a win for Mike Loxley. It builds momentum. Uh, And they did it without their top three receivers. Um, So good on them. Minnesota beat Syracuse. And again, that was a, I think, you know, Syracuse isn't great, but for Minnesota to get nine wins, man, it's, we're starting to look at nine wins as like the standard and saying, okay, PJ, when are you going to get a Big Ten West championship? And you have to remember like as much as we expect that from him, that has not been the expectation historically for Minnesota, at least the past 20, 25 years, has not been an expectation for Minnesota to be a top contender in the Big Ten. Um, so I, I think that was good. And then Wisconsin, I think they it was a close score, but I thought they dominated Oklahoma State for much of that game. And I think it's a good it's a good sign for the beginning of the fickle era that he's building momentum, building off bowl season. So Big Ten went five and four, um, especially with the way the season started for the Big Ten, with you know Iowa losing to Iowa State, Wisconsin losing to Washington State, um, Michigan State losing to Washington. Like there was a lot of uh, higher profile non conference losses by the Big Ten. Um, obviously not by the top, the the big three: Ohio State, Michigan, Wisconsin, or uh, Penn State. Sorry, Ohio State, Michigan, Wisconsin. Uh, gosh, I keep doing it. Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State. My gosh. Um, but it, I think the Big Ten really redeemed themselves themselves in bowl season, and I think they set themselves up well for next year, um, especially with Fickle coming in, and I think Iowa getting a reset at the quarterback position. And, um, I, I think even for Ohio state, I was pretty hard on them after the bowl game, but I think as I've thought about it more, I, I think there's some enthusiasm. They've got to figure out the NIL stuff and got to figure out recruiting because I think if they don't get that fixed soon, they're going to get left in the dust on the national scene, but they at least showed the world that they can compete with Georgia. Um, that they honestly they they could have beaten Georgia they should have beaten Georgia and that's not my words that's Kirby Smart's words um i think Michigan if if Harbaugh doesn't leave i think they're still in a really good spot you know they're not losing they're losing some talent but Blake Corum's coming back Donovan Edwards is going to be there again uh JJ McCarthy's going to have another year um so i i think and then Penn State i i think Penn State might be my pick to win the Big Ten next year. Um, now they do have to go to Columbus, but they they get to host Penn State in Happy Valley. So I think there's just I think there's a lot of positive momentum for the conference as a whole. Um, and quite honestly, I think as much enthusiasm there is around USC and UCLA coming in, I, I think it's always good when the teams that come in. Are not instantly taking over the conference, and I don't think USC or UCLA are at a place right now where they're going to take over the conference. So, all that being said, I think I I think the Big Ten's in, in really good hands. I thought it was a, it, they're in a good place. I think it was a good bowl season for them. Um, it's it's just sad they couldn't finish. Uh, that I think Michigan didn't didn't play they certainly didn't play their a game i'm not sure they played their b minus game um and it's too bad that ohio state couldn't stay healthy enough to to finish it off at the end um couple couple or just just a note about the future i am taking a hiatus at least for the next month maybe the next two i think honestly i'm probably not going to record another podcast until uh, the NFL draft starts ramping up. I, I love the NFL draft; it's one of my favorite events of the year. Um, but I, I just have sensed the need to kind of step back, reevaluate life. Uh, I think even when I come back, my my aim and my goal is probably going to be one very good podcast a week. Um, and so I think next fall, what I will probably do is I'll probably. I probably won't do pick, like I won't do picks. I will probably do more recaps to kind of break down what I'm seeing going on and, and different storylines in the conference and and things like that and rankings and, and whatnot. I am just seeing a need to, to just slow down and declutter my life. And I love this podcast. I love that you guys love to listen to it. Um, but it's it's a hobby. It's not my life, and so I will keep. I want to keep doing this. I I really appreciate you all. I appreciate you guys sticking with me. Um, and again, you know, I I'm I'm taking a hiatus. I'm not done uh, unless the Lord takes me home. So, you know, be on the lookout. I will be back, um, and at, as in the meantime, share like. Uh, Tell your friends about this podcast. We'd love to get the listenership up. Uh, That'll do it for this edition of the Big Ten Football Talk podcast. Take care. God bless.